Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Hey, do you guys remember that time that fucking Will Smith fucking slapped Chris Rock on live television? So I guess we're talking about this. I didn't watch watch the Oscars. I just heard about it the next day and I was like, holy shit. I didn't watch either until I was sitting there and like, what the fuck is going on? Mana turned on the very beginning just to kind of see the opening because sometimes the monologues are funny, which this one wasn't. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and then we turned something else on and then all of a sudden it's just like all hell broke loose. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then we turned it back on just in time to see Will Smith get his Oscar. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem right. Will Smith get his Oscar and then be like, listen, I slapped the guy. It's all right, though. It is all right. He's very, very rich. This is a sign of social progress in your country. Now black people can go on TV if they're rich enough and commit crimes and get away with them, too. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I think that's the thing that upsets me the most about the situation is that it's just proof that if you're rich and popular enough, you can commit crimes on TV and just nobody will do anything about it. Yeah, if you just if you just uh, did that on the street, the cops would show up in a heartbeat and arrest you. And yeah. they just didn't when they this this just happened on TV, and they just didn't. So, yeah, uh, Chris Rock decided not to press charges. That's not Chris Rock's decision. This is like a misconception people have because they watch too much TV. But if I'm the police saying- have evidence of a crime, they can prosecute without his testimony and there's evidence of the crime because it happened on tv <laughs> like yeah, it's- yeah. well and the idea that chris rock is within his ability to uh have yeah. one of the most powerful people in his industry arrested publicly and then not yeah. pay for it, that it, it this is like an abused wife who doesn't have her husband charged like and the cops will say fuck you we're charging him anyway that's what should be happening here because See, you're exactly right. This is a complete power imbalance. And one of those guys has the ability to destroy the other guy. So that's why he's obviously not making a rational decision. Uh, see, I'm much more petty because I would have pressed charges as soon as I got off the, off the uh, stage. Not because I think it would have gone anywhere, but just so that they would have pulled him, pulled him back. And then he wouldn't have been there for when his fucking... Uh, category was called yeah just just to be like oh this was supposed to be a big night for you but you weren't even in there because you were talking to police backstage because you're an asshole i would have uh given chris rock's comedic ability i would have just laid into him while he was walking back to his seat 
just <laughs> called him out for being the man child that he is pointed out in front of the world before they had a time to cut the camera that it's a sucker punch you know um, I, w- I would have told him to go cry in his bald wife's lap if he's upset about what I have to say about him <laughs> I mean and ch- I mean I would have challenged him to come back up right because that's uh, it well yeah. while he didn't go that far I will say Man, I got so much respect for Chris Rock that he got fucking punched in the face in the middle of delivering and he just kept going like nothing happened. <laughs> oh, consummate professional. He had a smile on his face the whole time. I, uh, <laughs> it's just like there's one thing man, I don't Will like Smith about like modern Chris Rock. Yeah. The thing I don't like about modern Chris Rock is he's too professional. It It's too clean and too polished and too practiced. And that really, really helped in this situation because <laughs> <laughs> he just slid back into it. I really did enjoy it. I think we should. Well, as even as Will Smith's walking away, he goes, man, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do like, though, is I like that everyone is pointing out that Will Smith laughed at the joke and then uh-huh. looked at his wife and then got up. So he's trying to act like the big tough man. But really, he's the little bitch that does whatever his wife's uh, side glance tells him to do. Right? Exactly. That's like, what I've been saying this whole time. He's completely incapable of thinking for himself. However, he's trying to play the tough guy alpha male. And that's pretty funny. So yeah. I'm a little annoyed by how many people are supporting Will Smith in this. Me I have. Too. It's one of those ones where I'm just like, everybody thinks they want to live in the fucking cowboy world until they're the one taking the bullet, right? The first time you say something that upsets someone and you get slapped for it without warning, you're not going to like it very much. I mean, I, I think I would have 100% been in support of Will Smith standing up and saying, Hey, she's got a disease. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Something like that. <sighs> See, I'm, I'm going to say, which no, while disruptive, I think would have been okay. I'll, Going I'll up say, and punching okay. somebody is just a worse offense. So you're going to you're going to write one wrong by committing a worse. Here's, wrong. here's the thing, man. That was that joke that Chris Rock told. I won't try to repeat it word for word, but that's pretty light, man. If you can't handle that humor, mm-hmm. don't be a public official. Don't be a public person. It's not, it. even, don't, not well, even the don't take, worst. It's not even the worst joke about the Smiths that night. Regina right. all made a Sorry, joke about their not... open marriage earlier in the evening and they just sort of waved it off. Well, no but deal. that's, but that wasn't the, pro- the problem is, you know, she just came out like very recently is having uh, issues with alopecia and that's why it was, she it was shaved two her years hair off. It was two yeah. years ago. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's, a, yeah. there's, it's not a, there's super a, recent. It was two years ago. I, I know, but there's, and, so and, there's and a, it's there's not a like he went after her and said, you're pathetic for having alopecia. He just made a little joke about her appearance. Okay. I, uh, yeah, but fucking I mean, he made, people he used made to make a joke fun of, of Stephen Hawking for being in a wheelchair right to his face, and he'd laugh it off. Like right. she's an entertainer. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of. I'm Fuck kind of. Ag- I'm. I'm kind of against making fun of people's disabilities. Otherwise, you're kind of in the the camp that says the jokes that Trump made Listen. are okay. Listen. Well, I w- I would also Listen. counter. He may not have First known. All, yeah. Because apparently she went oh, no, public me, with it a couple years ago, and she's like, well, she was very public about it. And I'm like, yeah, but I write articles about pop culture in Hollywood. I had no fucking idea until last night that she had alopecia. Yeah. So I'm just and saying it's say so, not widely known. Okay, so I want to counter two of things that Noah said, because 
first of all, Donald Trump was saying things as a politician, not as an entertainer. There is a completely different standard. And number two, I'm the most qualified of all of us to talk about being bald. It is not a disability. That is an exaggeration. Okay. It, well, it's, it's, yeah. but it but it is if you have alopecia. That, that's the whole thing. It's it's a different situation when it's. It, I mean, it just is. I have a thinning hairline, and I'm a little sensitive about it. <laughs> little, not not that much, but a little. No one's no one's. Look, look. I I couldn't imagine also, having huge chunks of my hair fall out. Well, I can, because it's. I mean, I don't have a thinning hairline. I have, you know what I mean, but. It's uh, you're you're a public figure. People are going to take cracks at you for the things that are visible about you. I, I don't have sympathy for her. She could choose to retire from Hollywood, and they could choose to not be at the Oscars if they don't want to be the butt of the joke, which they've done before. Like, and that's fine. That, I would have no. I have no problem with somebody who just says I don't want to be in the entertainment industry anymore, and they walk away. That's great. You can choose not to be a public figure, and they're rich as fuck. If they just choose not to be public figures anymore, they still get to go live a great life, and then it would be inappropriate to go after them when they're still choosing to be public, when they're still choosing to attend the Oscars, then they're choosing to put themselves out there for very lighthearted jokes like that. Nothing that was like a brutal attack. I, I have no sympathy for those people at this point. I'm not. I'm not even saying it was brutal. I'm saying I understand having a visceral reaction to it. Okay, but and, and, my, once, well, and once again, things. and I think the appropriate thing is either wait till after the show and tell him, "Hey, you fucked up real bad," or I would even tolerate him standing up and going, "Hey, <laughs> could be a douchebag," and then sitting down again. I would. I would point back to again, also not a visceral reaction. If it was not, if, again, had he had he yelled something out immediately, great. When you laugh first and then turn to your wife and find out you're not supposed to be laughing and take the time to stop and think through your response, then you don't get to yell out anymore. Well, but that's, I, I still don't agree with you guys. Because I might find something funny that my wife would find hurtful and I would immediately be hurt the moment that I found out she was hurt. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, but would you mar- would you march up on a stage though and slap? No, I'm a I'm a I'm a pacifist. If the dude uh, exactly. fucking urinated off the stage onto me, I wouldn't throw a punch at him. I would get up and be angry and storm out of the room, <laughs> like like the giant vagina I am. But. Uh, well, you also wouldn't win an Oscar and then start talking about love and peace and everything in your acceptance speech. Yeah, one hundred percent. Complete hypocrite about it. I was going to say I'm also the type of person that I one hundred percent would not go to the fucking Oscars because who the I'm fuck wants trying. to win one? Uh, Will Smith. He's been he's yeah. been doing all these Oscar baity movies for the past like 15 years just because he wants one so bad. Listen, I will tell you guys something. I'm so mad about this that I'm never going to watch that stupid tennis movie now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You did miss uh, Venus Williams boo popping out of her dress though when when he was doing his acceptance speech. What? Really? (laughs) Yeah. So they were sitting there. He's like up there. Because we turned it on, and then he got announced as the winner, and I'm like, "Oh, let's see what he says." And then I watched his speech, and he's like bawling and like snotting all over the place. And they kept throwing the Oscars logo up, but there was audio, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then they did cut to 
to two uh, William sisters and two other people who I didn't know. And uh, I looked over to the right and I'm like, is that a nipple? And then the Oscar logo would go up again and then come back. And sure enough, her boob was just half hanging out of her dress. Oh, well, that's unfortunate for her. Yeah, well. I don't I don't care. Just for the record, I don't understand why tennis players are at the Oscars anyway. Yeah. I'll point out another thing is just as a sidebar to all of this, a movie about a dad who like decides his kids are going to be the best in tennis and pushes them and pushes them and pushes them until they do. Uh, is not an inspirational story. Story. It's a oh. horror movie that happens to have a happy ending. Because there is a much higher percentage chance that he drives those girls to, mur- to murder themselves than there is that they become the best tennis players in the world. And movies like this and celebrating people like him have the negative impact in our society of making parents think it's a good idea to invest your entire life in forcing your kids into something and forcing them to be great. And then most of them are never going to be the best in the world at whatever. So you don't need no book learning play tennis. You sons of bitches. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know the story that well, but every time one of these stories comes out where it's like, so-and-so's mom gave up their entire career and moved to Hollywood. So their daughter could be an actor. And I'm like that. You notice how we're only hearing the stories about that after they get rich. We're not hearing about all the people who like put all that pressure on their kid. And then they didn't make it. Because I bet you that happens a lot, and that's fucking bullshit. You, the parents' job is to take care of the kid, not the other way around. Um, yeah. To somewhat agree with Noah, which I know will hurt Doug. Uh, if this whole situation would have went down, it doesn't even matter what the subject is. <laughs> yeah. If this whole situation would have went down, and then Will Smith said the exact same shit that he said after he slapped him, but didn't slap him. I probably just would have been like, eh, fair enough, and just not even thought about it afterwards. But him well, just I, walking I have, up and slapping him like a bitch like, makes no sense whatsoever. Well, then be, love makes you do crazy things. But, uh, well, that he did tell us that in his acceptance speech. I he also said God. Even... He also said God was calling on him to be a protector. Well, yeah. you know, there's so. In other words, he justified it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch the acceptance speech, but I wasn't going to watch that acceptance speech regardless. I wasn't even going to watch the Oscars, but I had to turn it on when I found out that shit. Um, But he, yeah, he apologized to everybody, but Chris Rock, of course. Yeah. I was literally, um, I I was sitting here and I was just like, I finished watching Madhouse last night, not to drag it to our actual subject, but, and I'm just like, well, not going to bed right after that. So I like made a cup of tea and I pulled out my phone and I'm like, wait, what's going on at the Oscars? <laughs> I forgot it was even Oscar night. Cause I genuinely, I don't care. And yeah. then I'm just like, Oh, what the fuck is going on? So then I, the first thing I watched was like the uncut thing with the audio in it and everything like the sort of live stream or whatever it was. And yeah. I'm just like, Oh, well that's, that's not cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it was after that, that I learned about whatever the, Ella Pache or whatever it's called that people started a rumor about Christopher Reeve having that apparently is not true. But it's okay because during the commercial break, Denzel and Bradley Cooper, Tyler Perry all made sure that Will Smith was okay. Yep. They all went and checked on the guy who assaulted another guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thus explaining I, why Chris Rock has no ability whatsoever to do anything about this. I, and, I and, hate... 
I hate to say it, but one of the most cogent and uh, sensical arguments that I saw came from fucking Kathy Griffith of all fucking people. Oh, yeah. No, I saw it too. Yeah, yeah. She basically said, you know, well, now you just sent the signal that it's OK to walk up on stage and punch a fucking comedian who says something you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all those comedians who, you know, are performing in these little clubs who are relying on a waitress to be the first line of defense between them and an angry crowd. Uh, good luck. Because yeah. if there's one thing we know about our society, it's that people will imitate the shit they see on TV. And there you go. It's going to happen, right? These stories will start to come out. Yeah. So let's talk about Italian movies where people get fucked up because that's way better. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now let's tell us about Madhouse. Yeah. Madhouse. Uh, Madhouse is a movie that starts with a little girl rocking her sister on a rocker and then she beats her fucking face in with a rock. So so we start this movie right. Not to be confused with Chris Rock getting smacked in the face. Yeah, not, not, not to be confused with Chris Rock getting smacked oh. by Will Smith. What do you fucking people should have made a transition about that? We were just complaining last week uh, about how we don't do great transitions anymore. Uh, so the story ends up being our main character has a twin sister who is uh, mean as fuck and kind of used to torment her when they were children. <laughs> And and is now I don't I don't quite understand if she was supposed to be in a mental hospital. Is that right? Because she was actually getting treated for some kind of viral infection. So I don't know if she was in a hospital hospital rather than a mental hospital. Yeah, she was in a mental hospital and then she got the virus thing that they were talking about. Okay. so so she's getting disfigured. Uh, the <laughs> teacher's going about her life as an instructor of deaf, ch- deaf children because we need the most sympathetic character we can <laughs> possibly have. Uh, the sister breaks out of the mental hospital and, uh, of course, uh, people start dying. Mostly killed by a big Rottweiler that, uh, I don't know, we think that maybe Crazy Girl is controlling somehow. Until the end of the movie, when the reveal is that the uncle who is a priest is actually the one doing most of the killing. Which, what mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> it's Italian movie, man. Dude, what the fuck is the appropriate response to the last half hour of this movie? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Things it, I watched. Because, oh, God damn it. What's the, uh, what's the other horror movie that's got the real famous uh, birthday scene in it? God damn it. Happy Help birthday me out. to me. Is it happy birthday to me? I think that's right. Because I could be. There's like five horror movies that have weird murder birthday scenes in them. But this one. Happy birthday to me came out the same year with the same kind of setup of having everybody show up for a party and there's all these bodies lined up at a table. Wasn't there a twin twist in it too? Yep. Spoiler, spoiler, I I guess. Probably the same. I like because I'm like, one of these movies ripped the other one off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they came out the same the same year, so it's yeah, same same year. One and then same year means it's more likely that the script was being shopped around and somebody stole the script. That's very plausible, I guess. But one's a Canadian movie and one's an Italian movie. It seems weird that the scripts would be Chris Chris Cost, you know. But what do I know? But yeah, yeah. So this movie's fucking great. <laughs> Little deaf kid gets mauled by a Rottweiler. 
Unfortunately, it's we one didn't of the, see one of the that, few death scenes we don't. Yeah, we don't get to see that one, which isn't fair. Yeah, no, I was I felt r- ripped off, too, because I'm watching this on Tubi. So the whole time I'm watching it, every time I bump the remote, the little NC-17 pops up in the corner. And now I got a kid facing down a dog with NC-17 written in the corner. I'm like salivating, rubbing my hands together, getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you guys feel like this earned an NC-17? Because I sure don't. No. Like, it's an R-rated movie I mean, for sure, but... I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say because NC-17 is an American thing. We don't really have that here. So, how do you judge it? But, um, no, it, it was not as bad as, like, a lot of other shit we've seen. And I don't understand why it would be rated any higher than anything, all the R-rated ones we watch. Yeah. Usually, usually, that means lots of sex, and there was no sex in this. Well, I mean, no, you can get it. You can get an NC seventeen for uh, grotesque, realistic violence. You can, but it's very rare. It's right, mostly like Showgirls was NC seventeen. And this one, I have to assume they started the movie and watched that first scene of that girl getting her face smashed in with a brick, and we're like, nope, no. <laughs> nope, Maybe. nope, nope, nope. NC seventeen, we're done here. Because I think, I think, really, that's the most brutal thing in the whole movie. Hmm. Yeah, because the rest of the stuff is just the weird priest guy stabbing people in the back with a knife that you don't even see them getting stabbed with. Right, and the dog mauling yeah. people, which some of that's pretty pretty good and pretty uh, brutal, but it's not. I've seen worse. It's mainly just because you don't I see like the dog's the dog. tail because his tail's probably wagging the whole time he's putting his mouth around the people's <laughs> necks. I wish we could have seen that. That'd be amazing. I thought the effect was really good. Like you could kind of, if you're watching it close, see where they pull the dog out and put a puppet in. But oh, that, Rott- cool. that Rottweiler puppet is scarier than the dog. <laughs> I mean, it really is just something about the way its face moves. You're like, oh, <laughs> even though it's a puppet, that scene was still fucked up. Yeah. It's like, why is this so long? Stop. I know it's a bad dog, but still. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe the NC-17 has got to come in from that back chopping of just when she finally decides to take her. Oh, yeah. Just swings an axe at him for 11 straight minutes or whatever it is. (laughs) His whole back just looks like flayed hamburger for some reason. Oh, yeah. 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 That was was great. So uh, we spend the whole movie thinking it's her sister killing people. But it turns out to be yeah. the weird priest uncle. In, that, in that our never de- really I mean, makes sense. <laughs> in our defense, the first person who does get murdered, you see the sister murder them, and then it moves on that? from there. The, Is that the friend on the stairs or whatever. No, the uh, the handyman, the Asian guy. Okay, because the guy when the the friend, the other teacher, or whoever she is, gets murdered, we see the sister then too, right? Yeah. So the sister and the uncle are working together, even though it's kind of not really spoken. Right. I'm just saying the the landlord, the the handyman guy, you see her stab. Yeah, sorry. But like when the dog eats the girl on the stairs, we see the dog return to the sister and you hear a female voice saying like, oh, good dog, good dog, which is I have to say, like a stand up and cheer moment when the dog is like finished murdering someone and it immediately returns to its owner for praise. And she's like petting it and saying, good dog. <laughs> Just like a dog does when it brings you a ball back in the park kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I, I love that moment. Um, 
I do say the priest started to come uh, across as evil to me that when they went to church and he spends the whole sermon lecturing the sister for not being nice enough to the sister that tortured her as children. (laughs) And he just does it publicly like that. I'm like, this guy's a dick. I didn't realize he was a murderer yet, but it made it less surprising when the, the twist happened. So. Well, I mean, all the things he says, he's like, you know, she used to make up stories about her sister bringing the dog in and having it bite her. And she would be so convinced it was real in the morning, she would have dog bite wounds on her arms. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's like, uh, wait, what? (laughs) I kind of chalked that up to a translation problem. I was like, ah, they clearly mistranslated that. And then at the end, whenever you find out he's a killer, you're like, ah, oh, okay, no, he's just crazy pants. Uh, so what about all the deaf kids in this movie? Well, did anybody understand what was going on there? Because is it just me, or were they trying to train deaf kids to listen? Throw part of this movie. Because <laughs> they'd put, like, a deaf kid there, and then they'd bang on the table and be like, okay, where did the bang happen? And I said, well, that's not a fair question for a deaf person to be asked. I think it was supposed to be kids who weren't completely deaf. And they were trying to teach okay. them to hear as well as they could. Right. And, and I'll accept that because it seemed like they had good intentions. But it just it, it also seemed like this movie was sort of taking the stance that if you just tried real hard, you wouldn't have to be so deaf, which I don't it think is, is correct. It is fucked up that they kind of single out that one kid and they're like, look at this cute, wonderful child. Let's make him her favorite student. Yes, everyone loves the favorite student. Here, take this frisbee and go play in the park, you little fuck. <laughs> go it's the 80s you just go to the park by yourself everything will be fine it's rottweiler time there was like another scene where she's like the kids are working on the computer doing something yeah and she is like kid is looking straight ahead at the computer she is sitting to his side and she's like signing to him and I'm like he he, he doesn't know what you're saying he's looking at the computer you might as well just be speaking to a deaf kid at that point. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it was quite, I, I mean, maybe that makes a lot more sense if you know more about how to care for deaf children. But to me, it seemed like they were just yelling at deaf kids for being deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Can't punish the deaf out of somebody. Can you? Maybe. Have you ever tried? I have not, so maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental. You're right. Yeah, maybe uh, Will Smith was just trying to beat the death out of uh, Chris Rock. We don't know. All right. (laughs) We don't need that tangent again. How did you actually feel about this movie, Doug? Um, I got to admit, like, I was a little bored during that first, like, hour. Um, I thought it moved pretty slow. I didn't really like that doctor character, like the boyfriend character Um, and like learning about his travel plans. And then she her not going seemed like a bit of a waste of time to me. Um, But then there's a last half hour, man. It's like, okay, worth it. It's just because all of a sudden we're just like at a birthday party where all the guests are dead, except for a few. And I, I get to watch this play out. I think it was right around the time that the reveal came that the priest was doing the killing and he started chasing the landlady around the <laughs> apartment building. But oh my God, around that, that, point, that chase was, like, was so fucking long though. 
Oh my god! But it was the, the but... beginning of the chase where she's like, "What he got in there? A body?" And he's like, "Ha ha! You're very observant." <laughs> <laughs> that's so what. I, that, that's what. That's what I was like. Wait, what the fuck just happened? Like I was trying yep. to pay it. I like. Did I just miss something? Nope. That was a big reveal. Apparently. Okay. I mean, did I mean it was but, clearly a body? He pulled up in a hearse, and they pulled out a body-shaped bag <laughs> with a body-shaped lump in yeah. it. Uh, maybe well, I wasn't paying I, that close I honestly attention. thought for for a moment I thought they were going to try to play it off as if she helped him carry in a body, but didn't know until she said her line, and then I'm like, okay, we're kicking into high gear here. But that priest's performance too, like he does, it's he's just humming along at like seven. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, and now you're the killer. And he just cranked it up past 10 to Nick Cage and just <laughs> right. kept going. Like he, he played a great, just psychomaniac. You, for I mean, you could have had him staring into a chick's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that every week. No, but no. Yeah. He was, he was just great as far as like for this type of movie, like, not if we were trying to make a realistic movie about a psychopath killer, <laughs> but in this like cartoonish, hyper violent reality that they're creating, he was great for it. So I really enjoyed watching him go crazy and he's chasing her around. And there's that one moment where the landlady thinks she's gotten away during that like 10 minute chase scene and that all takes place in like three hallways and she sits down in her chair and all of a sudden he's rocking her and he just looks over the top of the thing with that evil grin on his face. And I'm like, I'm on his side at the problem. That's the only downside to it is he's supposed to be the villain and i'm like i can't dislike this guy he's too awesome uh so yeah. now I, it seems like you really enjoyed this movie i mean yeah everyone knows that yeah <laughs> yeah this is yeah this got it got it got going right and it ended right there was a few bumps there in the middle where it slows down and you're like eh. but then she hamburgers him with an axe yep <laughs> uh i she, thought it was chops him so many times yeah, that's just that was probably like a whole day's worth of shooting. Yeah, it's so meaty. Uh, I thought it was pretty okay. It wasn't like my favorite. Um, as we've said, the last half hour is pretty fantastic, though. Yeah, I, I think without that last half hour, this, you know, like if it had like a pretty a more standard ending to it, I think I'd be like probably on a negative side of this movie. But that's not the case. The the fact is, we do get that last half hour. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I really thought I was going to get more gore than you did in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the and the weird thing is, like, when you talk to people about this movie or you read comments online, which is like, I'm not actually going to talk to a person. I read comments online, but <laughs> you hear a lot of the like, it's called Madhouse because it really is like crazy. And there's all this different stuff going on. And it's like, there's not really anything going on except for. A, a very basic slashery plot, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just the reputation of this movie and like the rating of this movie do not go with what you get. Yeah, which, That's not the movie's fault. That's like, I mean, people have had 40 years to figure out what this movie's about and people are mis misrepresenting it still. And I'm right. not sure why that is. Yeah. I would call it, I would call it a, a solid standard R slasher movie with two, really brutal special effects in it. Yeah. But I don't think those two, well, maybe I, I take that back. The brick, the brick to the face, the opening of the movie is, is next level. It's, it's pretty fucking yeah. fantastic. 
That was pretty good, especially because it's right at the beginning and you're just like, okay, you're setting a tone here. I can get behind this. Yeah, I was I was going to say nothing. Nothing in this film rises to like prowler level voyeuristic violence. But I take I take that back because the brick to the face certainly does because it's it takes a little while too. she hits her a lot of times and it shows every yeah. hit. And that it might be that sustained violence that gets it its reputation is that it's not like a one and done like most slashers are a stab, a swing of the axe. This movie really just steps it up when it comes to just quantity. These aren't that many kills either. Five total, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, I think five. Yeah. But, Besides the two antagonists, I guess. But Yeah. But I mean, that's not a lot by slasher standards, except for the fact that some of them are pretty brutal kills. Mm-hmm. And that kid gets killed off screen. I still feel like we got ripped off a little bit there. Not even just laying there with some strawberry jam on him. Come on, something. Uh, yeah, that was that was unfortunate, but you know, what can you do? Maybe it's one of those movies that that kid's parents didn't even know he That's was a in a horror movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a drama about deaf kids. Yeah, the movie the movie comes out. And, oh my god, they had a Rottweiler eat you. Uh, I so, would love that idea. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna cast your kid in some movie just so he can be eaten by a Rottweiler on screen? I would let my kid be eaten by a Rottweiler on screen. Nice. I think I'd support that if my kid wanted to do it. <laughs> He's like, no, and you're like, you're doing it. Then we're going to move uh, to no, LA my kid. and I'm going to quit my job <laughs> to be your manager. Every fucking time they were like, every time the dog was like chasing him, they would just, uh, he would just climb a tree or something to get away and they'd be like, no, you're supposed to get eaten. He's like, but I just want to climb this tree. <laughs> so <laughs> he'd end up getting fired from the set. Your kid gets <laughs> labeled as problematic on movie sets. Yeah. Must be a big diva. No, he just keeps climbing trees. We t- keep telling him not to. He just, just, just wants to climb everything. Uh, so this movie is directed by... I don't remember his first name. His last name is Asinitis. It's a Italian director. He directed Tentacles, which we've done on okay, the show. We've done that on the show. Yeah. Yep. Um, Tentacles was a lot more calm and normal than this. Yes. Uh, I am very familiar with his name because I just wrote an article about a movie called Piranha 2. And uh, he was the producer on that that uh, purposely hired Jim Cameron because he was very inexperienced and did it on purpose so he could fire him five days later and just direct the movie himself because Warner Brothers put some weird clause that they'd have an American director on the movie and he's like yeah sure no problem hired James Cameron like oh you suck you're fired and then directed the rest of the movie himself yeah someone's got to screw over Jim Cameron might as well be this guy but apparently he did that on this movie too not oh, the, really? uh, not that it had to be an American director, but he hired someone to direct it, fired them after 10 days, and then directed the rest of it himself. So that's just his, his gimmick? That's what it seems like. Hmm. All right. As soon as his name popped up, I was like, oh, shit, this guy? And then I read the trivia. I'm like, he did it again. That's all he does. Oh, he just hires inexperienced directors and then fires them. I'm going to start doing, going through his uh, IMDb trivia and just seeing if, uh, seeing if he does that like on all of his movies. That'd be amazing if he's just like years and years and years of just constantly firing directors and redirecting the movies himself. 
Well, it's weird. We do. We should thank him because for some reason he let James Cameron work on the purse production of the movie for a split second. Mm-hmm. And he went to, he flew to Rome to uh, check it out and he hated everything. So James Cameron kept sneaking into the edit bay at night and re-editing the movie. And this dude got like super pissed and kicked him out and recut it. Um, but while he was there, James Cameron was like flat broke. So he's staying at this hotel, just eating food off of like carts that people left outside their room. And he got really, got really sick and had some weird fever dream of the, like an explosion and then like a metallic torso dragging itself across the floor with kitchen knives towards him. So then he wrote Terminator because of that. Yeah, there you go. So because of that, we got Terminator. Because of Terminator, Schwarzenegger became a super mega star. And because of that, we got Commando. So we can thank this guy for Commando. Let's not, let's not go too far. No, he helped create Commando. By being an asshole. Uh, all right. Anything else about Madhouse? Recommend. All right. Well, Doug, why don't you tell us about Absurd? Absurd? Uh, absurd is a rather absurd film because <laughs> I'm clever, <laughs> um, which also goes by the name Monster Hunter or Zombie 6 or Anthropophagus 2. Um, you know, or probably some other ones. And then the Italian for all of those words as well. <laughs> <laughs> so always a great sign oh it was also called horrible at one point <laughs> um, and we lose Doug I think so oh. Doug we can't hear you talking about absurd you know, he's, you know he's still talking right oh yeah he's gone he's got uh, a nice long rant oh I was is. not I figured it out I figured <laughs> it out Okay. Just not sure exactly where I cut out and I don't trust you to edit anyway so I'll start over yeah go <laughs> for it so it, guy, uh, it was pretty much right after you were talking about the titles and then you got all right guy is and then God. Yeah, all right well the guy is being chased by another <laughs> guy and uh, he stumbles into this house injured um presumably dies they think he's just a guy that was trying to break in they sent him off to the uh the morgue where he gets up and proceeds to still be alive turns out we get some exposition he's part of some experiment and now he can't uh can't be killed unless you shoot him in the head because he regenerates quickly no matter what else you do to him so but also as a result of this he's insane so that's why he's just running around killing people the rest of the movie is him running around killing people you got the uh the priest from the opening teaming up with the cops to try to track him down after you get all the standard scenes of them trying to convince the cops that something supernatural is going on and uh, he's just doing some pretty awesome kills throughout. Stab somebody with one of those weird saws that they have in hospitals for some reason. I'm not sure what those are actually for. You know, all sorts of fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, plot-wise, it's basically a slasher. I don't think they even really get into full details of exactly what the experiments were that caused him to be escaping, other than just mentioning that he's Greek and acting like that. Makes it makes it well, evil somehow. The weird thing is, this was partially billed as a sequel to Antiphagus. Yeah, which, but it's it's. I mean, it's clearly not. Other than them going, oh, it's a Greek guy. Yeah, that's so, that's the closest we get to a sequel. You never seen Antiphagus? No. Ooh, there's a kill scene in that movie that's uh, pretty uh, infamous. 
Yeah. I've only seen the kill scene. I haven't actually seen the movie. Just been debating whether to actually watch it. I mean, it's kind of the it's it's a cannibal movie with similar special effects to this one. And uh, yeah. I think I think we can all agree that the special effects in this movie are fucking just phenomenal because they're those creepy, yes. hyper realistic Italian special effects that almost make you yeah. go, wait, did they really cut into somebody? Because that looks a little bit like a little bit like real skin. Well, I'll take it a step further and I'll say, like, yes, you're right. But it's not just the special effects. The way they shoot them is great, too. Like the way that they cut away from like the the close up of the like a blade going into something and then cut back and show it from the far angle. So you're you're not seeing the same angle. You're seeing it from the other side. So now that you've seen the blade go in, now you're seeing the facial reactions and stuff. It works really well. It's it's really, really done. Well done kill scenes. Uh, I wasn't a too big of a fan of this movie. Uh, really? It, it made me watch a lot of football, which I don't want to watch. Unless, <laughs> unless, it's, they, unless it's the movie Necessary Roughness, I don't really care to watch any football. I, I, I would really like to I know, like, because of the way it's framed, I bet each regional thing, it's edited differently for oh, a different probably. sport. To oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's it's, why they keep calling it the big game throughout most of it. Yeah. It's funny because when they finally do mention that it's like football and stuff, they don't even know the word for Super Bowl. Like they don't even know that. And so they, they don't know the word for Super Bowl. They do mention a couple of real NFL teams, but then this the Super Bowl party they put in to have like the which by the way, completely unnecessary, because why do we even need to see it? But it's a bunch of Italian people like in suits watching a TV and then we cut to the TV and it's football, and then we cut back to them and they're like holding plates and eating spaghetti. <laughs> Just to prove that the movie's both Italian and marketed for an American audience. Like, it's so ludicrous. But yeah. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't like this one more, Brian, because, man, that was all right. uh, what I was disappointed with is, despite the fact that every kill is great, there aren't that many. It's a little, little too spaced out. But yeah. damn, yeah, yeah. The weird bone drill through the temples was good. The fucking bandsaw to the head was real good. Pickaxe to the head was real good. That stuff was good. Kill. That stuff was good, but like everything between it, I was just like, this is like I'm bored. You didn't like the uh, the Chekhov's girl interaction where we just keep coming no. back to the teenage girl who's stuck in her bed and you're like, well, I wonder if she'll get up and walk by the end of the movie to save the day. <laughs> Does they even mention what where deal was? She or has some it? kind of spinal abnormality. Yeah, that's all they that's keep enough. saying. Yeah, I and guess. then they. Uh... Same for guys. She was in the house at some point, and then like they just come walking in, like oh no big deal. This girl's just laying here in bed, staring at the ceiling, like she has yeah, been for the past, past forty eight hours. I was going to say, and it in was, uh, Italian horror movie tradition, there's just this fucking annoying kid that you want to die so bad. And he doesn't die. <laughs> he's not great, but he's not he's not Bob annoying. He's not Bob annoying. But come on. That's a real high bar. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. He's not the worst, but he's still pretty bad. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's annoying, but I mean, he he could be way worse. <laughs> and the way they treat him is not appropriate either. 
Just a complete brat. We're always yelling at him. What about when... uh, Forget all this talk about a child. What about when that girl's head gets shoved in the oven? And she's like... all on fire and shit. And then later she's like jumps out and she's still burned up, but she's still fighting back. Yeah. I like, I like to call that the slow roast kill. Cause that <laughs> kill takes a real long time. Yep. That was real fun. Uh, as I don't know. As, as always, like he's not in a ton of movies, but, uh, Oh God damn it. Is his name? George Eastman. I think that's right. George Eastman, the guy who yeah. plays the killer. Yep. He, <laughs> even without so if i remember right i don't think he talks in anthropagus either but he really is just this menacing looking fucking guy oh yeah which just works pretty good he's just a big spooky looking dude yeah it for like a slasher killer like they to just have him be the kind of guy who's like unstoppable you know there's a scene in this movie where he's just walking at a guy and the guy's shooting him and he's just absorbing it and keeping coming like he's jason Voorhees. It, it worked well. He doesn't need to be a great actor to pull that off. Yeah. He guts himself on a fence at the beginning of the movie. It's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I liked when he came walking in the room and he's just got like, I mean, the effect's not great because there's no makeup on him. He's just holding intestines in front of his stomach. <laughs> but it's uh, it's pretty cool because he's just holding intestines in front of his stomach, which is awesome. <laughs> Anybody recognize the uh, priest? I, no. I think I've seen him in things, but I didn't check who he is. He's uh, he's the dean from Pieces. Oh, really? uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Pieces is one I've seen a lot more than I've seen this one. So, <laughs> uh, how about that ending, guys? Trying to even remember. What, oh, it's where she cuts his head off. Oh yeah, and she walks out the front door and she's holding the severed head. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a really good looking severed head. They yeah, did that she, thing. And she gets, says, like, you don't have to be afraid of the boogeyman anymore. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because the little kid was calling the boogeyman earlier. Because they called someone else the boogeyman in some other movie that came out a couple of years before this. I don't know. Some other slasher. Um, <laughs> that certainly wasn't done on purpose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that head, they just had it dripping in, like, blood and guts and shit to just, like, cover up the fact that it's a paper mache head. Because <laughs> they're like, what if we just make it all gross that, that'll make people want to look at it and i'm like yep that worked that definitely worked yeah the kind of the end bit of the movie after she stabs him in the eyes with the compass which also also dope mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. uh i really enjoy that last bit of her kind of sneaking around the house and t- him stumbling after her blind yeah that's super fun yeah it's real good yeah yeah, I, honestly, I think right. I really liked this movie a lot. Like as a fan of slashers, I think I just really enjoyed this one for its. I, I didn't think too much about it, just the simplicity and whenever they got to a kill, it was good and like really good. So it made me happy. I think that was enough. Anything else? I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. No, I mean it's, it's just it. it it's a fun movie if you just want to watch people get killed in cool ways. It doesn't really serve any other purpose. I, I don't understand why they even needed a priest in it and stuff. Like, it was all that was irrelevant. I mean, other yeah. than to just have one guy give a, a line of exposition so we would know that you have to kill the guy by shooting him in the brain. But yeah, I was anybody say, could have given that line of exposition. I was going to say, you don't get you don't get enough kills, but 
for the most part, the kills are all like uh, under a burning moon level of yikes. Yes, they're like they're legit great kills, each and every one of them. So I'm all for that. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, what did everybody watch? I didn't watch it. Well, that's good, because no one wants to hear you talk about shit. Could you tell us what you did watch, though? I did watch pee pee. I don't. I don't know where to. <laughs> All right, fuck. You called for that one, Doug. Sorry, sorry to everyone involved. Apologies I, specifically I, to the I listeners. I had to go somewhere with that setup. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really didn't watch anything. I've been super busy. What about you, Doug? All right, uh, I got a couple things. First one was a rewatch for me. Which is, it's a really unusual movie because it's a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger puts on a real acting clinic. And that's why I like it. Uh, It's called Aftermath from 2017. Um, Have you guys seen this one? So it basically opens with a a plane crash and we find out that Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife and daughter and pregnant daughter were on the plane. And the movie follows his character and the like air control air traffic controller who screwed up resulting in a plane crash follows the two characters as they deal with the consequences of the uh, crash. And it kind of the whole time you sort of get the feeling like they're on some sort of a collision course with each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's not exactly a fun movie to watch, but it's really, uh, really impressive watching Schwarzenegger perform as an actor, which I don't, know that he does very often <laughs> he had this weird stint where he tried and he did like this and that uh was it maggie the movie about where he plays the father whose daughter is becoming a zombie and he did surprisingly well in both of them and then just kind of stopped but uh yeah if you're into this kind of like a, a drama that it's not an action movie that's for sure and it's not a horror movie or anything like that it's just a drama about the aftermath of an accident and the effect it can have on everyone involved. Um, it's a really solid recommend. That sounds boring. Schwarzenegger's well, like, not fucking people up. I mean, spoiler alert, he fucks one guy up, but <laughs> in very non Arnold Schwarzenegger fashion. I guess. It's, uh, yeah. So, I'm but just, it's, it, I'm just saying I brought up commando earlier. Commando is like the ultimate Schwarzenegger movie. Listen, I, Honestly, Commando is Schwarzenegger's best movie, probably. But this is the far end of the spectrum. <laughs> this is, if you want to see Schwarzenegger sitting across the table from a bunch of lawyers and the lawyers are like throwing numbers at him about how much money they're willing to pay him because they're respond because their company is responsible for the death of his wife and child. And he's holding up a picture of the wife and child saying like, I don't want to talk about money. I want somebody to say they're sorry for killing my wife and daughter. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but what about these dollars we have in front of us? Do you want to look at these numbers with dollar symbols? Cause those are important too, right? 
if that's the kind of scene you're interested in, you're not going to find that commando. You got to watch this movie. It's, it's very, very different. But really interesting to see, just as a, somebody who grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger to find out that he can act when he like he's in his like, 60s or 70s at this point. And he's like, maybe I'll try acting for the first time <laughs> instead of just movie starring. Telling me he wasn't acting kindergarten cop. I, I, I am not going to say too much about kindergarten cop because believe it or not, I haven't seen that in a while <laughs> and I definitely haven't seen the sequel, but I mean, either. um, I, I don't have high thoughts about his performance in so, that movie. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yes. He, he read lines out loud. That is correct. He did do those things. <laughs> And they did, if I remember correctly, it was bookended with action sequences to still let him be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. One at the beginning, one at the end. So. Uh, what else? What else? The only other thing that I really watched, I went to the theaters and saw X, which is the new, what's his name, Ty West movie? Yep. I was going to um, go see it this weekend and didn't make it. Uh, you should see it. It is a fun throwback exploitation movie. They, I won't name names, but you know, there have been some other people that have tried to make a fun throwback exploitation film lately and have not succeeded. This movie succeeds. It is, it is, I mean, I will give you the plot line. I hope this isn't much of a spoiler for you, but it is a I've bunch seen, of people I've, that go. I've seen the trailer. What's that? I've seen okay. the trailer. I was, I had no idea what the plot line was until I was in the theater and I'm like, Oh, I have a few minutes before the lights go down. I can check my phone. Maybe I'll check IMDb and see what the plot description for the movie I'm about to watch is. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was, it's just some people go out to make a porno at a farm and some people don't like that they're making a porno there. Killing ensues. Um, so the first half of the movie is just these people running around making a porno. You know, and it's it's pretty fun. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's 80s style nudity where you're just doing it to have fun. There's nothing, no ulterior motive whatsoever behind it. It's just like, ah, people like seeing naked people, right? We'll put some of them on the TV. Why not? And then it's all of a sudden in the middle of the movie, there's literally a scene where the guy that's directing the movie says like, you can't just change the plot in the middle of the movie. That doesn't make any sense. And then I, I, maybe I won't spoil the exact words they use, but they make it pretty clear that they're about to change the plot in the middle of the movie. And then they do. And just to let you know that you're now in a horror movie, they like literally just play Don't Fear the Reaper, and you're like, oh, okay. I know where we're at now. And the rest of the movie is just a slasher. And there's some, yeah, lots of blood, decent effects, fun kills, an alligator eats a person. I, I don't know what else you want, really. It was just a really, it was really just like a really fun, like exploitation movie. And we don't get those in theaters very often at all now. Right. So, I mean, yeah, um, I definitely want to check it out because I am a big fan of like house of the devil. Um, fortunately having met Ty West, he's kind of an asshole. I don't care. So that kind of bugs me. Uh, Why? who cares? Uh, because he specifically targeted Midwest people and said that he hates Midwest people because they wear cargo shorts. So that's a direct shot oh. at me. Um, so fuck him. <laughs> it's pretty fun. 
I like that. <laughs> he's uh He's also uh, one of those people that's like, well, I want to make serious movies, so I don't want to make horror movies anymore. So well, kind of look, looks down did, on the genre. Did not do that this time. And then uh, when he did, you know, make a burgeoning career making dramas, he came crawling back to horror. That's okay. So fucking personally, but I still want to see the movie. Can be true, and the movie can be so much fun to watch that it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, okay. which is I think the case here. I'm assuming all that's true because I don't see why you'd make it up, but <laughs> the the results are a super fun throwback exploitation movie that quite frankly, like it takes talent to make this kind of movie. And I don't think people understand that. So you get a lot of people who aren't talented trying to make this cause it looks easy from a distance and, uh, well, they do a good job. You know, just enough meta humor, the kind of meta humor that uh, a normie who goes to see this might not get, but we will. So that's kind of fun. You know, I'm actually a little surprised to hear you say that he has turned his back on horror because he seems to have a love for it in the movie. But again, I don't I don't care if it's a true love for it or if he's good at faking it as long as it comes through in the work. That's all I care about is the results. Yeah, um, I'm still going to go check it out. I just uh, yeah. was going to do it this weekend. I got busy. So I couldn't. Yeah. I was I was literally like I was sitting down in front of the TV one night and I'm just like had that feeling like if I turn on the TV, I am going to just sit here and like watch reruns of the office for three hours and then go to bed. And I don't want to just do that. <laughs> so I'm like, I like had my phone in my hand. So I just like searched what was playing in theaters and I just went to this completely blind and I was super happy that I did that. So, uh, anything else? That is all that I watched this week. <laughs> Not a lot. Well, speaking of sitting on the couch and watching office reruns for three hours, it's pretty much what I did all week. So I got nothing to talk about. Okay. Any particular episodes of the office? Cause I did watch a bunch as well. There's a reason why I only got six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see the, the episode- one where what's his face convinces uh, Dwight. He's a vampire. That one's great. Is <laughs> is now problematic because that one was directed by Joss Whedon. So he, he must not have caused too many problems on set. No. I mean, it's come out that he pretty much causes problems on every set that he walks onto now nowadays. So, but for the most part, he's just an asshole. And there's a difference between that and some of the other things that come out about Hollywood. I don't know. He only seems to target women for some reason, which is a weird thing, but. No, there's a whole story about him going after James Marsters back in the Buffy days. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Ray Which Fisher, was like a fun... Which is the start it's of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I still don't know about the Ray Fisher stuff. <laughs> He's still like... Ray Fisher still comes across as an asshole every time he complains, and then he has the, all these non-specific things to say. And it's like, I think there's a lot of bitterness about being cut out of a movie that he's <laughs> that comes from him. And it's like, yeah. I get that, but... It's also, that's not necessarily anybody doing anything wrong. Um, I just saw the episode where Jim finally tells Pam that he's in love with her. Oh, yeah. Which is always a good heartwarming episode. And then uh, is, I just watched the, is shattering because she turns him down. And then that's the next episode's the season premiere of whatever season the next one was. And he had left. Yeah. I just watched the one where they get married. So it's going to be okay, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Amanda does not enjoy the uh, 
the office marathons? No. No. It's just one of those shows I can just put in and watch, especially because when they're in the office, I just, it reminds me why I want to be working at home and not so that I can watch it while I'm working, but because I'm like, oh yeah, a lot of this stuff is, it's obviously exaggerated, but I'm like, yeah, this is what being in an office is. My grandma watched it and she's like, this is not like any office I ever worked in. I was like, all right. Well, I don't know. I think one of my favorite jokes ever is when Jim steals Dwight's stationery, starts faxing himself from the future. <laughs> like, do, do not drink the coffee. It's poisoned. Then he runs around the building yeah. like, slapping coffee out of people's hands. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I did like the one where, like, when Michael accidentally outs Oscar and then <laughs> they're trying to explain to him that he really is gay, but they don't know any words to say to him that he won't think is just them making fun of him. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're yeah. like, no, no, he's gay. And he's like, you can't say that. That's what got me in trouble. <laughs> no, no, he is like, he's a homosexual. Now that's going too far. And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no he's, he's, it's just, it, I really yeah. enjoy that. I don't know. There's something about that, like naivete that I, I really like. I don't know. Yeah. I should sit Hopefully, down sometime and just watch through the office from beginning to end. Cause I'm just randomly catching well, shit. That's it's, it's being syndicated. It's great, but it gives me anxiety. <laughs> that's why Amanda doesn't like it. She yeah. doesn't like scenes. And she's like, all he does is create scenes. <laughs> so that's why I hate this show. Like, if they just completely edited out, uh, uh, what's the main character's name? Mike? Is that Michael. Right? Michael Scott. Yeah. yeah, Michael Scott. If they just completely edited out Michael Scott, funniest show on the planet. But the second <laughs> he's on screen doing his stuff, like... I don't know. I want to have a panic attack and run out of the room. I'm like, why would anyone behave this way? <laughs> That's yeah. why I love it. Oh, no, it's it's reasonable. Like, I, I get that anxiety as well. And sometimes there are moments where I'm just like, it's difficult to sit through, which is a sign usually of like it being well made. But it's it, it, it's just so fucking weird. It's It's interesting how different it is from the British office. Uh, mostly because uh, oh, who plays Michael Scott? What's his name? <laughs> Ricky Gervais. Or, uh, no, no, uh, Michael the- Scott. Uh, yeah. Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell. Because well, Steve Carell's such a naturally likable person that you're almost like rooting for him and you want him to succeed, and he's just this yeah. awful monster. But I mean, Ricky Gervais is just a fucking asshole. <laughs> And and he always comes off as an asshole. So that version of the show, you're just like, fuck this guy. You're right. That is a really interesting difference between the two. Because one thing about the Michael Scott character is you're never against him, even when he's doing terrible shit. Because he's kind of like a a grown-up version of Jay Muse, where you're just like, "I I don't think he ever really wants to hurt anybody. Like, he's just trying to trying to get through it kind of thing and being himself and not understanding why that's unacceptable. Yeah. He's a weird combination of a complete narcissist and completely insecure. Yeah. Which I think, honestly, I think most like narcissists are insecure. 
they kind of go together. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Doug. So what are we watching next week? Next week. Well, since technically we covered Zombie 6 uh, this week, we will cover Zombies 1 through 3 next week, which conveniently is only two movies because (laughs) Zombie and Zombie 2 are the same thing. But it's awesome. So we get to rewatch that. And I've never seen three. So why not? Yeah. I don't either. Are we going to be able to find all these? Well, I think we can find Zombie, yes. And Zombie 3 is, I believe, in full on YouTube. If not, I have already found it on another streaming platform, which I forget which one, but I will let you guys know which one it's on. Shark Bites Man. Zombie Bites Shark. It's going to be... We're going to get to watch a zombie fight a shark next week. It's a little mainstream for us, but fuck it. I'm down with it. Zombie three is pretty much available everywhere. You can rent it for two dollars yeah. on Amazon. So, yeah, okay. Great. Like I say, it's I've I've already found it for free somewhere else, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> I still wouldn't call zombie mainstream. I would call it on the the border ethereal of Normie Town. <laughs> it, it was literally in a Microsoft commercial once, though. I suppose that's true. That was that like. That's when it they took it away from us. Because before that, it's like you could kind of tell if somebody was cool or not if they had ever seen a movie where a zombie fought a shark. But then everybody had, so I described it to a friend of mine. I'm like, Have you ever seen a zombie fight a shark before? And he's like, No. I'm like, Well, let's see if that happened. But we haven't watched that's, it. That's how I was gonna say and I know got me I, to watch it. I know what you're imagining. Right now you're imagining a CGI shark. In a, in a badly edited fight scene. No, 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 sir. They put a guy in zombie makeup and threw him in a shark tank with a shark. So good. I remember the, fir- the first time somebody told me that they were going to show me that. I was like, like, I wasn't worried about CGI. This is like 1997, 98 kind of timeline. And I'm just like, how can a zombie fight a shark? That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, fine, we'll watch the movie. And I'm like, okay. And then we watched the movie and I'm like, well, that that zombie's fighting that shark right now. I'm like, there's no fake in this. Like it kind of blew my mind and it was like a lot harder back then to look up information about a movie. I'm just like, I want to know how they did that. And then years later, like Googling it and finding out no, they just, yeah, this made a guy fight a shark. Yes. He's put a day. put a guy in the shark tank. It's a, it's such a big shark too. It's not a little shark. It's no. Yeah. I had to write a video about, about this movie. So I have all kinds of interesting tidbits. Oh, that'd get be to fun. it next week. That's good. Now I'm not doing any additional research. I'm only going to. <laughs> well, it's just funny, and I'm not going to get too far into it. But the the guy that fought the shark originally wasn't supposed to, and was selected on the day to do it. Yeah, Bob, <laughs> fuck, you're in. Put on the suit. <laughs> the guy like, was oh. the guy who was supposed to do it got sick that day. What am I here to do today? Do I have to like I have to run and fall down while they're shooting at me, or are they gonna put some makeup on me and then stab me with something? Uh, get in the Shark Tank. Well, fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, my dog's going nuts. Yeah, they all know. You don't have to tell us when that happens. We all know. Fargo, shark, maggot eye, and the old, the old right in the eye scene. Right in the eye. Yep. 
I haven't five. seen this in a little while. I'm really looking forward to watching it. It's one of Tom Savini's favorite scenes ever. It's it's pretty fucking magical. <laughs> oh, so, so you're allowed to talk about Tom Savini with going on about how he's an asshole. Why is that? Nobody else get a reason. Well, I know the difference. I th- I think the only difference is that everyone knew Tom Savini was an asshole from the beginning. That's. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't key didn't hide it. Like everyone oh. went into it knowing who he was. I didn't. The first, the first time I met him, I was like, oh, wow, this guy. Because we had contacted him before we were going to go to a convention. Uh, a podcast I was doing like forever ago called Horror Junk. We showed up I'm like, hey, we had emailed you about doing an interview. Possibly. He's like, well, I can't do it right now. I'm like, no, I know. It's cool. I was just letting you know we were here this weekend. And he just got up and walked away from his table. I was like, all right. Fair enough. But then the next day, he was like the nicest person ever. Yeah. So, so. He's, he has a weird two two moods. Either the friendliest guy you're ever going to meet or complete asshole. Don't, doesn't want to talk to anybody. That's that's him right after a rail of cocaine. And then <laughs> waiting for his next rail of cocaine. <laughs> I just remember I was at a Q&A with Tom Savini once and like somebody asked him, like, how do you pick projects? And the first thing he does is say, well, you have to look at the offer. And it's like, don't the audience doesn't want to hear that you do it for the money. Don't tell them that. <laughs> Make up a lie. If you're going to lie about anything, lie about this. Oh, he's very upfront now, too, about that. He doesn't even do it anymore. He accepts yeah. the money and then has his students from his uh, college do it. Yep. Yep. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Well, I mean, at some point you move up the ladder. You stop doing the physical labor and you become the foreman. <laughs> I get that. But, and people know that when they hire him. So, I guess. He's a douche. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.